the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. The topic of today's message brings us face to face with the most imposing question of our lives. What will our answer be? Will we consistently stand up for Jesus Christ no matter what the cost to us? Or would we choose self-preservation at any cost to our Lord and Savior? Will we risk eternal life with Him? Listen as Pastor Rander shares with us, have Bible, pen, and paper handy as you will want to take notes. We declare our allegiance and our love to you. And Father, as we prepare now to preach your word, use me as your instrument now. Clear me of of anything, all things that would hinder my speaking to your people. And then give your people receptive ears to hear what the word of God is saying. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Turn with us to Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. The book of Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 through five. There you'll find these words. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. I want to preach from, based on this text, the danger of spiritual regression. The danger of spiritual regression. It is a wonderful thing when we began to see spiritual progress in our walk with the Lord. It is a wonderful thing when we sense the presence of God because of our 40 days of fasting and prayer. It's a wonderful thing to celebrate victory over satanic breakthroughs. Many of us now have a renewed passion for Christ. And a sense of excitement at the new thing that God is doing in our lives. However, I want you to listen, Maranatha. 
We must be alert for Satan does not mind our spiritual progression as long as it is followed by a relapse into spiritual regression. Did you hear what I said? Satan doesn't mind us making spiritual progression as long as it relapses into spiritual regression. And when this happens, usually our latter state is worse than the first. Knowing where you once were in Christ and observing your black backslidden condition will bring on three things. See the ground that you made and see the advancement that that you've made for the kingdom to see what God has done with you and through you during this time and to turn around and relapse into spiritual regression and end up being worse off than when you entered the period of fasting and prayer. Three things will happen if you should allow this and they all start with D. First of all, if you move forward and end up worse, brings on depression brings on discouragement, and brings on disillusionment. When you can see what God has done, getting closer to God, experiencing a breakthrough, habits broken, uh, self-denial, and then fall back into spiritual regression will bring upon any of us depression, discouragement, and disillusionment. And this can be seen in the church at Ephesus as noted here in the text. The Lord said he knew their labor, their patience, and their intolerance for evil. How they could stand against false teachers and call them liars. And how they persevered for the cause of Christ. And they did not become weary in well-doing. What a commendation to this church. But nevertheless, Jesus said he had one thing against them. They had left their first love. A church that was on a cutting edge, on fire, full of vigor and vitality for God, all of a sudden ends up in spiritual regression. The church of Ephesus lost its first love What does that mean? It means that Christ was no longer first in their lives. They were more attached to the church than they were to Christ. Lost their first love. They had lost their sensitivity and their fervor to the things of God. All of a sudden, there there was no fellowship, no commitment, no serious prayer, no communion with God as when they were first converted. They lost their first love in the sense that they lost their love for people. And you know, you know you're in spiritual regression when folk can be lost and you don't even care. You don't care enough to witness to them. You you don't care enough to, you've lost your first love when you can, can be in here and you rush out and can't even shake a hand or give a hug. You know you've lost your first love when there's more worldly talk than God talk coming out of your mouth. When you're more committed to the church and the routine of the church than the God of glory. 
more committed to your position than you are your relationship with Jesus Christ. You've lost your first love. You can be here with a Bible and a good attendance and be just as dry as you can be. No hunger for God. No spiritual refreshment. May this serve as a warning, Maranatha, what we see the Lord saying to the church at Ephesus. May it serve as a warning to us. Even though we have gone through 40 days of fasting and prayer, even though we've denied ourselves, we've challenged ourselves, and we've committed ourselves to spiritual discipline in order to enhance our walk with the Lord, we must not take comfort in the sense that we've arrived because there's much work to be done on each of us in this room. Be patient with us. God is not through. Be patient with me. God is not through with me, and he's not through with you. You are not through working on you. Until God calls you from labor to reward. When do you get through working on you? You'll never. Because the closer you get to God, God exposes more stuff about you than you ever desire to know. Amen. You say, I don't see nothing wrong with me. Ain't nothing wrong. Well, that's a good sign you're not walking with the Lord. Because the closer you get to God, the more defects you see about yourself. to make one, two, three, four, five steps forward and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten steps backward and you say, what in the world did I do? During the 40 days, I stopped drinking. During the 40 days, I stopped smoking. During the 40 days, I stopped cussing. During the 40 days, I was nice to my wife. (laughs) During the 40 days, I cooked dinner. Uh-huh. During the 40 days, and on and on and on it goes. During the 40 days, I stopped lying. During the 40 days, I stopped gossiping. And all of a sudden, you the biggest liar ever walked around after the 40 days is over. Why go through it? Now, I'm through. You're through nothing. You are not through. It is a launching pad of heightening our awareness and sensitivity to God. What a tragedy if we we find ourselves like the church at Ephesus and lose all the ground we gain for the cause of Christ. Y'all hanging with me? So the question now is, how can we protect ourselves against spiritual regression? I have about 11 of these. Uh, How can we protect ourselves How many of you know you're subject to regress in your life spiritually? Doesn't matter who you are. Don't matter how how long you've been knowing the Lord. Don't matter what your degree is or what position you have in the church. That that doesn't make any sense. You can be a preacher, a pastor, a deacon. You can be an usher, a choir member, and just be just as worldlyfied and carnal and immature as you can be. And our goal is not to see how many folk we can crowd in here. I believe the church ought to grow, but I'm more concerned about our spiritual growth. If you grow a crowd and they're not growing in their walk with the Lord spiritually, you're going to have a hellish crowd. (laughs) So how can we protect ourselves against spiritual regression? Number one, we must realize that the Lord is able 
to keep you from falling. (laughs) From falling back into spiritual regression, from stumbling all over the place. Jude 24 and that great benediction of God. Why don't you just turn this? It's a sweet passage. Jude, right before Revelation. Jude 24, you say, well, where's the chapter? There ain't no chapter, that's it. You just open up and just go to 24. (laughs) We we must realize that the Lord is able to keep you from, from falling. Now unto him. You know who him is, don't you? You know who that personal pronoun him is. Him is Jesus. Now unto him. Who is what? Anybody know God's able? (laughs) I got some good news. I don't care what you're going through. God is able. He's able to keep you from falling. Yeah, falling. Any kind of falling. Any kind, whatever kind of fall, whatever you subject to do, God, God is able to keep you from doing that. You say, I, I got a habit of lying. He can, he's able to keep you from lying. I, I, oh, I left the cancer sticks alone. I left the smoking alone. He's able to keep you so you won't go back. God got a handle on my selfishness during this 40 day period. He's able to keep you from reverting back into your selfishness. Whatever your issue is, he's able to keep you from relapsing back into drugs and alcohol or whatever the thing, women and sex and immoral lifestyle and on and on it goes. Television and cell phones and computer screens. He's able to keep you from those addictions and to present you faultless. I love that. You mean tell me? You mean faultless? You know what I mean? That just no no sin. Faultless. Faultless. No sin. I mean perfect. He said, well, how can I look at me in light of what I am? Listen, when you're covered by the blood and you're continually confessing your sin, he don't see your thoughts. All he sees is the blood. When you live in the spirit of confession. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The Lord is able. To keep you from falling back into those tendencies that you've always struggled with. And all of us got tendencies. Yours may not be mine. Mine may not be yours. But we are all prone to do certain things. Amen. How can we keep ourselves from spiritual regression? Listen, number two, change your company. Now, you're big at telling young folk that. But changing com- company is not just for your teenager or your child. Changing your company is for we adults also. A lot of y'all can't make progress because really your company is bad. I don't care if they do say they know the Lord. If, they, if, if they're a bad influence on you, you need to break that thing. Change your company. Change your company. Well, I'm going to run with them. You too weak. You can't handle it. You can't handle it. That's why you're in the mess you're in. Turn to 1 Corinthians 5.11. Y'all hanging with me? God Almighty. 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 5.11. Change your company. Cut off relationship with those who entice you to do the things you've been delivered from. 
1 Corinthians 5.11, look what it says. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. I don't care if he is named a brother. (laughs) Who is sexually immoral, a covetous, an idol worshiper, a reviler, a drunkard, an extortioner. Look, not even to eat with such a person. Don't even eat with them. Let me tell you something. Even when people are under church discipline and they go AWOL in the church, listen, now listen, thank you, Holy Ghost. And they go and, and they ain't right. You know what I'm talking about. And you're going to still invite them over. Oh, it's going to be all right. You just eat. Let's come on over to my house. Listen, you can't be so close to folk that you violate the scripture, the principles of scripture. Oh, but I've been knowing that person a long time. They had a good influence. They talk, but if they make a detour and if they're not right, then what they doing eating at your house? You, you're saying, hey, what you're doing is okay, unless they're coming over for you to correct them. As a matter of fact, you ought not let certain stuff go on in your house. I don't care what kind of fellowship you have. When that fellowship, when that conversation takes a turn where it ought not be, you ought not let that happen under your roof. Hey, we don't have, we're not doing that kind of fellowship in this house. Amen. Well, I I heard that, but I didn't say nothing. Well, that's consent by silence. Oh, y'all listening to me? The Bible says people are like this. Uh, You you cut off, cut off. So they can see the error of their ways. You go on and don't no change and nothing and just ignore it and, and just 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 go on as if they're the most spiritual person, then you you're condoning that issue and really you become part of the problem because you're not willing to sever ties in order that they would see the error of their ways. You gotta change your company. Y'all hanging with me? Say change your company. You gotta do that. I've been knowing them since high school. God doesn't care. Change your company. Number three, if you're going to keep uh, out of spiritual regression, bring every satanic thought captive to obedience of Christ. Bring every satanic thought captive to obedience of Christ. You say, where is that? Second Corinthians 10, 5. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Bring every satanic thought captive to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, casting down arguments. Yeah, evil thoughts and ideas and philosophies. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that goes against what the word of God has said. Bringing, look, underline that. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, bringing every thought. Now, that's, that's a tall order. Bringing every thought into what? Captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. I mean, listen, there's some devilish thoughts that come in your mind. There's some devilish thoughts come in my mind. And I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to. You can be at church and get some hellish thoughts. You can come in here with your Bible, ready to praise and worship God, and all of a sudden you say, now where did that thought come from? Amen. You get to looking at a sister or a brother 
And all of a sudden, it's inappropriate. You know, you say, oh, Lord, I went there. Amen. Or you, or you heard something you don't like and you get negative on the preacher, negative on your brother and sister because that person singing something that you think they ought not be singing, somebody leading something you think they ought not be leading, somebody's up too much. I wish she sit down. That's hellish. Every thought captive. Now, now how many of y'all know what a thought coming to you that's not right? Amen. Now, you know what you got to tell. Now, you know what you need to do? Here's what you do. I've been laboring with this. You need to, when you walk in the spirit, what you do, when that thought come in, now, now listen, you can, it's going to come now. That's first of all, because the mind is the battleground. Huh? And Satan enters and possesses one's life through the mind. You understand what I'm saying? So when you get that thought and you know it's not of God and you know it's satanic in nature, what you want to do is identify that damnable thought. Then what you want to do, captive, arrest the thought and then extinguish the thought. Take it out. Don't play with it. Don't let it. Don't hold on to it. Don't entertain it. Don't allow it to linger. Don't allow it to fester. Because if you do, it will take, it will become a stronghold in you. And the, and the stronger it gets, the harder it's going to be to unload that thought. And you need to do it immediately. I ain't talking about, well, you know, I let that sit around and I think about that. No! Deal with it then. You say somebody make you sick, that's satanic. You know, are you, you grumbling against something? And it's not, it's not evil. Nobody's doing evil, but you just think it ought to be done another way. That, that becomes evil. I mean, you have to watch yourself. You got to catch yourself. You got to deal with those thoughts. And they're going to come, y'all. And they'll come anywhere. They'll come while you pray. Say, so don't care where you are. Say, so don't care how spiritual you are. We all deal, have to deal with the issue of our thought life. And if you don't take those thoughts that are against God and his word, take them captive and kick them out in the name of Jesus, they will wreak havoc in your lives and in your mind and in your body. So how do we keep from spiritual regression? Cultivate a mind of Christ. Cultivate a mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5. Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, you make spiritual progression by cultivating the mind of Christ through his word, through prayer, through fasting, through emulating Christ, through listening to the spirit of God, cultivating the mind of Christ. And, 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 and when you're doing that, you have to watch the music that goes in. You have to watch the screen, the books you read. You have to guard against certain kinds of conversations you're having. Because that'll lead you into a sinful lifestyle. Just talking about it can do a lot of damage. Cultivate a mind of Christ. Some of you cultivating a sports mind. Some of you a basketball. I know all that's here. But your mind can't stay there. That can't keep you. That stuff can't keep you. I'm not saying you can't look at it. But you got to realize you can't be so saturated with it that it takes a stronghold. Satan even exploit good things. Then guard against spiritual pride and having a sense that you have arrived. 
This is how you guard against spiritual regression. Guard against spiritual what? Pride and having a sense that you have arrived. Guard against pride, for heaven's sake. Pride is one of the key things that brings about regression. Thinking you got it all together. Hey, I'm through. I'm okay now. I'm all right. And no, you're not as all right as you think you are. Guard against spiritual pride and having a sense of that you have arrived. Proverbs 16, 18. Proverbs 16, 18. It says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Pride. The spiritual pride is a dangerous thing. And you have to guard against it. You know, pride to say, I don't have to fast. Pride to say, I don't have to read the word. Pride to say, I don't have to pray. I don't have to commit to that. Pride to say, I don't, I can stay home and worship God. I'm okay. And Satan takes you for a ride. Another way we spiritual regress is we must guard against not only spiritual pride, but here's another twist to it. Guard against theological pride. Guard against theological pride. In other words, you will begin to regress when the scripture becomes so familiar to you that you no longer allow it to, to speak to you in a fresh, insightful way. In other words, you've been around the word so long that the word no longer makes the impact that it used to make. You know, you're so familiar with certain scriptures that you can read that scripture because you know it. You don't even look into it anymore. You don't even investigate the scripture. You don't even allow God to show you a new insight. I mean, you, you can't ever exhaust the scripture. I mean, you can't ever say there's nothing else I need to, to learn about this scripture. Doesn't matter what's John 3.16. God will show you a new insight on John 3.16 if you stop saying, I know it. 1 Timothy 4.13 speaks to that. 1 Timothy 4.13, it says, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.